Hey guys, welcome back to the That's Mad That podcast with myself and Luke. Today we've got a special guest. Um, this is more of a, I'd say, a, a bit of a deeper podcast than usual. A lot deeper. It's a, yeah, it's a, a really inspiring story from hardships to massive glow up. That's probably the best way to word it, really. Um, so stay tuned. SMMR is a social media and business marketing helping your company stand out from the rest, supplying you with digital media content to stand out from all your competitors. All links to SMR, SMMR are in the description below. Now go grow your socials and get networking. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly. Um, thanks for inviting me, Lisa. No worries. Uh, Kelly's got an uh, inspirational story. You went through... Rehab, uh, drug addiction, yep. alcohol addiction, living homeless. I'm 12 years old, yeah. Yeah, do you want to explain, go on a little bit more from, if you start from childhood, I think, start yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so from a young age, um, I was brought up in a pretty chaotic um, home. You know, my parents, they could never be with each other, but they could never be without each other. It was very toxic. There were a lot of domestic violence. I, wist, I witnessed a lot of that, you know, as a child. But I think at the time, because my mum kind of held the the family together, she worked hard, she'd have two, three jobs at a time, you know, to provide for her kids, you know. There's myself, I've got a younger brother and I've got an older sister. Um, so at the time, for me, it felt pretty normal because I didn't know any different, you know. For me, seeing that in in my home, you know, I just kind of got on with it, you know. And as much as it was hard seeing the violence between my parents, you know, I were a pretty happy-go-lucky child, you know. Nothing really fazed me. I just, I just kind of just got on with it. Um, we moved around quite a lot, uh, so we never really settled in one area until, you know, later on, maybe nine, ten years old. Um, so I never really fit in anywhere because I were always going to a new school, so then I had to make new friends. Um, and I never really felt like I fit in, so I were always in my own, like, kind of fantasy world, you know, in my head. Um, and just, just went along with whatever, you know, wherever we were at that time. Um, my grandparents were very good, you know. I spent a lot of time uh, with my grandma when I, when I was a child and, and my granddad were always there to support my mum. And it were just mad things, you know. When I think back now, at that time, like, my dad used to come and kidnap us from school and take us, like, down south. And then next minute, you know, police would come and get us and bring us back home, uh, you know. But I kind of liked that excitement. And yeah. I think from a young age... If I think about like how my life spiralled out of control, if I think about when I were a kid, I were always in fantasy in my head. I always, I never wanted to be in myself. I never wanted to be in my own surroundings. Um, but at that time, because I were only a child, I didn't discover any substances or anything like that to take me out of self. Yeah. So I just used to do it in my own head. Um, to be fair, I think I would have been quite hyped, you know. Well, it, that would have excited <laughs> me as kids, you know. I'd be sat at school going, You wait, mate. I'm off home. It would have been excited. I'm off down south soon, me. Yeah. Did, when you went, so when you were jumping from well, school to school and place to place, did you want to make new friends knowing that the, 
because obviously we're used to meeting for people, mm-hmm. making friends, and then going, oh, we're off again. Yeah. Did you did you struggle to want to make friends when you went somewhere? Yeah, new? I think so because we never stayed in one area for long. Um, so therefore, like like after school, when you know kids get together, they go out, play out together. I never really had that at a young age. You know, it was just me and my brother and uh, my sister, and obviously my mum. Um, so as as time went on and I got a little bit older. You know, we, we moved into a, a lovely area in Bradford called West Bowling. And um, yeah, I don't know if you know oh, it. I know, West, well, I know West Bowling. <laughs> like Bradford itself <laughs> is just Bradford, isn't it? Like, don't, don't like hate on Bradford like that. Yeah, yeah it's a lovely area. <laughs> it's great, Bradford. <laughs> and that's where we first became settled, <clears> you know, as a, as a family unit. You know, my dad was still in and out of his lives. But as a family unit with my mum and my brother and sister, that that's where we kind of settled. Um but again, for some reason, you know, West Bowling being such a lovely area, you know, I remember going to a school there and I got bullied for the first time, you know, and and at that time I remember wanting to kind of try and deal with the situation myself and not kind of feel stupid or, you know, not part of the crowd, so to speak. Do you think it was because you didn't, dis- did you know when you moved to West Bowling, that's it, we're not moving anywhere? Is it? Was you? Um, did you kind of know deep down... Like, we're here now, we're staying there. So when yeah. you went to school, you kind of, where before you would have distanced yourself from mm. other people, this time you thought, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll try and get, like, make yeah, friends, make some friends yeah. and that. Yeah. So I can stay Tried here. Tried to be liked. I always wanted to be liked, you know, and I always wanted to make friends, but always struggled with that because of, you know, moving about. Um, but then my mum's grand idea, you know, I'll put you in a school out of area. You know, so I'm this, like, I don't mean to sound real, but I lived on an estate, West Bowling, and my mum took us to a school in Belden. Right, so... So, you, can, you know, the comparison between the areas, it's it's a very upper-class kind of area. So when I went there instantly, you know, I just didn't fit in, you know. Yeah. And, and at that point, I realised that, you know, looking, looking from the outside in, they had these happy families, you know, mums, dads, they yeah. all had really good jobs and... Don't get me wrong, my mum worked hard, you know, to, to keep us and, you know, we, we never were, were without anything, you know. We always went on holidays, you know, Devon in summer and stuff. So we never did without, like, in that sense. And I think it was more the emotional stuff that, that we're missing. Yeah. Um, because she had enough to deal with, obviously, with my dad. So I goes to this school, posh as all, you had to wear a blazer and all that, and I just felt... Out of comfort yeah. Completely out of place. Trying to fit in, you know, and the only way that I could fit in was to get around people that were up to no good because there were yeah. a bit of excitement there. And I knew I'd be accepted because if I tried to be like them, then they'd like me. I was that kid, you know? though. Yeah. I, I was always like, hoodlum. Yeah. It was easy. <laughs> it's easy to be naughty. Yeah. It is so easy. It's harder to be good, you know. I got to say, put on that like this phase of like, yes, I will, yes, no, man, I don't want it. Yeah, I'll say most of my friends are around some dodgy people. Some people have a dodgy records for life now. I I was always one that never just got caught or just never daft enough to get caught. I was around (laughs) it, yeah. I was class clown. I I got that nickname off the teacher. Yeah, Yeah. it's never changed for me. (laughs) Still the same. (laughs) But I think I think I would have struggled going to like a what would you class it? Grammar school. Yeah, it's yeah. a grammar school. Yeah, like grammar. 
compared to You struggle with grammar anyway, don't yeah. you? Yeah, instead yeah. of secondary to grammar, I wouldn't have been asked to go to grammar. Like, I wouldn't have fit it in. It would have been a nightmare. So we're always doing things that I, you know, I want men to do. Skiving off school, you know, and and just just like the buzz of being in trouble. You know, and fast forward a little bit. When I got to 12, that, that, that was like the pivotal point for me, you know, as a child, because my dad took his own life, you know. And when that happened, I remember, I remember thinking, I didn't want no help from anyone. You know, they offered me counselling and all that stuff, but I didn't want it because I thought, how's that going to fix how I feel right now? I felt abandoned, you know, I felt lost. And I just felt, well, how could he do something like that? You know, but when I, now I'm older and I look back, because he had a mental illness, you know, he had, obviously, the relationship with my mum were toxic, but he also had his own mental illness and his own demons. It could have also been the mental health that's causing issues yeah. between your mum and him yeah. as well, which I suppose at your age you wouldn't have looked no. at it like that. I guess it's different it. times I blamed as well, my mum. It were all my mum's yeah. fault yeah. because, you know, I were very close to my dad. Even though I lived with my mum most of the time, my dad were my kind of idol. So, so for me, it were all my mum's fault. You know, yeah. and at that point, it were like, well, that's it. Screw your world. You know, I'm not. I'm not playing anymore. And that that was the pivotal point. You know, and quite quickly, you know, before I knew it, you know, I were expelled from school. They didn't want me back in that school. I were too troubled. You know, they couldn't yeah. deal with me. They <laughs> yeah. just didn't know what <laughs> yeah, to do what because to do. you know they just didn't know how to deal with stuff. Then, you know, they want really the support. Then, like the services that are around now. So the best way that they could deal with like a troubled kid was just to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, and it out of sight, out of mind. They so don't want it speak. on their they don't want it on their like on record. Yeah, school. on record yeah. of that school either. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to be like it. bad listers, the bad school and stuff. Like the school I went to would be have been classed as the bad school. Mm. And they probably hated it. They probably tried so hard to make it a good school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I mean, I did. I, tra- I tried hard, you know. I did w- up until that point. I did well in the sense, even though I were good at English and maths and all that stuff, but I were good at covering up as well. Yeah. I were good at masking stuff and good at cheating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that that's probably the truth of it, you know. Um, so then, at that point, even my mum couldn't handle me anymore, and it got to the point where you know she put me into foster care. You know, and again, them feelings came back, feeling abandoned, feeling lost. Who do I turn to now? You know, and as much as I wanted to be at home, when I went in that, like, temporary foster care, I used to run away from them all the time. These lovely people, you know, take you in. (laughs) They'd feed you, they'd clothe you, they'd give you money every day. You know, there you are, go off to school. Obviously, I didn't go to school. Mm. Um, But I just completely took advantage of the kind nature you know and i'd be off i'd be running off and they're worried to death like they'd lost this kid (laughs) (laughs) i think it's hilarious you know just doing just doing what what i wanted i guess it's just a big shot if you go to a house completely the opposite away from maybe not the right word but almost frightened like what has changed what's this so you just rebel and i I worked i worked in a kid's home and all i did was run away Yeah. yeah that's all i did and they didn't run far. Yeah. And they, they'd come back at night. It just, they just wanted that buzz. I don't even think it was a buzz. I think it was just part of their routine. Yeah. They did it at home. What they used to. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did it at home. 
And like our one, they still saw their parents like every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there weren't really that cut off point for them either. Mm-hmm. It's like, my mum loves me enough to come see me, but she don't want me either. Like, I don't understand. Com- yeah, I, I don't Confusion. think. I could see where there was like, oh, what should I do with my life? And it was like mm-hmm. trying to explain to them as well. Like, don't, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving up on your own self. Like, use this opportunity, use this. Because yeah. oh, they got loads of money from us. They got whatever clothes. They probably got better clothes than they would have had living at home. Do you know what I mean? Like it's more fashionable because they could afford yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they, they got everything thrown on my holidays mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you say to them, use this time to excel. Yeah, like yeah. you want to, I, I, I get you don't want to go to bed at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to have this routine again if you move out. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go back to sitting up till two in the morning mm-hmm. and not doing anything with yourself. Like use it, get, get fully rested. Mm-hmm. Think what you want to do with life and stuff. But they don't think like that. No. They're 12, the 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. They're just like, cough on my own. I'm going out, me. I'm going to go get stoned. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to go do whatever. See, my mum was very strict, really strict, you know, and she wasn't she want afraid to show it either, you know, and I, don't, and I don't blame her for that because, you know, she was a single parent trying to keep three kids under control, you know, and and then she had me. That were just comp- just went completely wild. So she she completely like disowned me at that point. Yeah, didn't want out to do with me. Um, and then a couple of years later, um, I started like doing small little like petty thefts and stuff. But I did it for a buzz. So I'd have the money in my pocket, but because I could get away with it, I did it because it made me feel good. So for once in my life, I started to get these like unnatural feelings from doing something bad you know and it and it wasn't until like my first time where I actually got caught and I thought oh, I'm in trouble now you know what I mean and my mum actually came back into my life and I went back home um, but I'd already been introduced into like the world out there I wasn't really sheltered anymore yeah. you know I'd already been introduced to stuff so at 15 I met um my first partner, um, and I was with him for like eight years, and he was older than me, he was like five years older. So at, at that point, I was introduced to like heroin, and I didn't even know what it was. Do you so know? did you just go straight to heroin, tra- like just skipped out the whole like joint, yeah, well, I joint coke? No, I tried. <laughs> I just no, skipped I'd that tried, out. <laughs> I had tried uh, weed, but I didn't really like the feeling. It made me feel paranoid. Yeah. It made me feel sick and it and it wasn't really for me. It didn't give me the buzz, you the buzz that I was searching for. Yeah. You know, so at fifteen when, when I tra- first tried heroin, I didn't have a clue that, you know, I'd become addicted to it, that, that I'd end up with this habit physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I just didn't know what it was capable of. Did you did you know that's what you was taking? Or was it like Putting a joint or no, was I it knew, like I knew because he he was taking it, and I was like, oh, what's that? Do you know? And I were quite, um, I wouldn't say gullible because I I kind of knew what were what. You just in intrigued. a lot of respect, yeah. but I wanted to see what it felt like. So I remember the first time having it, and I just threw up everywhere. Like, well, that were embarrassing, wasn't it? You know, I just got with this new fella. I didn't. Didn't care that, you know, he were like, because he were a bit of a bad boy, I thought yeah, I were attracted to that. Yeah. Because for once I got some attention, you know, that, that probably I were craving for. Um, And after the first time for me, I didn't put it down again, you know, for a long time. 
Uh, some people it's gradual, you know. I say though with heroin, it's the, like one of the quickest. Mm. Like, even though you were sick. And I was like, oh, it's about, I want to do it again. Do you know what I mean? It, you had like a bad thing on it and yeah, was just yeah. like, let's do it yeah, again. Your brain still Where, wants like, it. Usually if you had like a, I can't drink gin. So if I like neck gin, I'll be sick. Yeah, you're mm. like, I'm So not I'm not going near gin again. Yeah, do you yeah. get what I mean? Like, so it's weird that your body automatically goes, no, you need that again. Yeah. Even though I've just phoned you all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit like tough thing. It's like a, you know, I've drunk drunk alcohol, Bacardi pretty much gives me the same feeling, like throw up everywhere, can't stand it. Um didn't really do much of the like clubbing scene, you know. When I first started rebelling at twelve, like and I was meant to be at school, I'd I'd hang around in Building Village, you know, and I'd and I'd drink with a few of them or, you know, have a joint, but it wasn't really me. I still didn't fit in. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, I took heroin that First time in my life, I felt like I fit in. As it's mad crazy, as it sounds, it? it it just it took everything away. The whole, you know, feeling abandoned, feeling lost, not being able to fit in. It just solved every problem that I had at that period in my life. You know. Did you feel like you was in the room? If that makes sense, because the way they depict it in films is like. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like all I think of is train, train spotting. Yeah. Well, yeah. At first, it, at first, yeah, that's what it does. You know, it takes you out of yourself. Yeah. You know, and you just you just like a zombie, but but it's like all oh, else. The more that you take it, the more your tolerance builds up, and then it, it stops having that effect. Yeah, you need yeah. To I, take I, more I, and more you know, of it. I, obviously, I hung mm. around with people that was on gear. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I watched him like doing stuff. I'm thinking. Saying like train spotting, <laughs> I'm thinking you've got some naff gear, you, or you're absolutely blagging it. Yeah. And then, then you see it, and you're like, no. but I never no. ever see anyone inject. Mm. I never see him like smoke it off okay. foil, mm. so I never see it off that. So, did you inject or did you just smoke yeah, it off? So foil? for a few years, I I just smoked it, you know, on on the foil, and then as time went on, and and my um tolerance became higher and I needed more of it to get that feeling that I that I wanted you know if somebody said to me right I've only got I've only got this little bit Kelly th- this is all I've got and you can't have it on file because then I won't have enough you can only have it in a needle and I said yeah you know and and at the time, I didn't think about the dangers of it. <laughs> no, imagine I didn't not. do it myself. So I was like, trusting somebody yeah. to put a needle in my arm. It was, you know, they're not a doctor. They're not a nurse. You know, for all I know, is it a clean needle? Is it not a clean needle? Yeah. But I didn't care. You just wanted that. I bias. struggle with nurses giving me injections. Yeah, yeah. I'm so not a needle I'll fan. I'll be passed out, Well, nurses say, say that I, I must be dead because obviously because I've neglected my body so much. You know, the the cat they really struggled to get blood from me. Said you must be dead. You know, <laughs> it, it's just it's just the years of like neglect, and I think, you know, then things start to get serious because crime comes into it. Yeah, you know, you need and the money. a lot, a lot, yeah, a yeah. lot of crime, and because I was with this older guy, you know. I would say I would sit here and say now that you know I was used as a piece of meat. Because you know I was this young girl, you know, and at that time, you know, I, st- I still still had my looks. I, you know, it hadn't really taken a hold where it had taken all that away from yeah. me. So I was used, you know, whether it be, you know, theft, shop 
lifting, burgle, anything. You know, I just did it because not only I were afraid of this guy because he then became my idol, but in the sense of, you know, if I didn't do this stuff, then domestic violence came in, you know, and because I witnessed that as a child, I kind of thought it were okay. Yeah, so okay. for you, it's like it, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's not like a trigger for you. It's almost like a caring yeah. thing that they yeah, see out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he, he loves me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I always worry because he actually broke my nose once, and um, with this fight that's coming up, that's my worst <laughs> fear because I'm like, I've got this bone that sticks out here, and if somebody notices that as a weakness, I'm like, that guy's. I, 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 I think up. I think you've got your fight in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got your fight in a bit. We'll explain more about the fight in a bit, but yeah. Yeah, so then obviously things spiral very quickly, as you know, and, um, you know, getting arrested in and out of police cells all the time. And by this time, my habit was absolutely raging. But then another drug come onto the scene and it was crack cocaine. You know, and when that, when that come into my life, then I had two habits to feed. Which would you say was the worst one for you? The both bad. Because you would think heroin. I'd say she's not heroin. seeing it as a bad thing. She's no, seeing it as a good thing no, at the time. Yeah, but yeah. I would say heroin would be in my head higher than crack. No. Would you say it's the other way around? It's all the same to around me. the same level. Yeah, and I think I've only realised that. Like, obviously, I've come through recovery, rehab. You know, I'm a member of a twelve-step fellowship that I still I still attend every week. Because it saved my life, you know. And I've learned that no matter what the drug is, whether it be heroin, crack, weed, um, alcohol, because I think alcohol's the biggest one, there. Socially acceptable, though, isn't it? It's the weirdest thing that we just allow alcohol to just be so free reign. It's probably... It's it's one of the most dangerous ones, you know, when when somebody's actually coming off. It's dangerous. It's like 73%, I think, Mm. uh, of, like, overdoses are from alcohol-induced. yeah. Just crazy, and we're just like, yeah, yeah. I'll just sell it in the shop. Too get yourself, money, get yourself a dairy milk and a bottle of vodka, son. Yeah, you're smashing it. it. Fine, and it and it's classed as acceptable because you can go to shop and buy it. Yeah, do you know? And but for me, it's just the same as heroin or crack. You know, I just I just stay away from all of it because it'll just take me right back to where you know I started. Um, and then you know this this guy, um. We we got we got into drug scene in a, in a really bad way, and I were in a lot of situations which I should never have seen, you know. And still today, you know, I still think about some of them situations because they were dangerous, you know. When you, when you see things on the telly about gangs and and all that stuff, I were involved with all that, and and for me, thinking about me as Kelly now being involved in that stuff, it's like. Too I'd absolutely apart, run yeah. a mile. It, you know, I'd absolutely crap myself, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the only way I could put it. Is it. The best, right? I just yeah. um It's that two worlds apart though, isn't it? It it's is. Like I mean, I've been through prison system and I share about that stuff because I think, you know, if there's somebody out there listening or, you know, if I can carry a message to somebody that your life can change, I've been there and done all that, you know, and it wasn't pleasant. Because I'd seen bad girls on telly. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I remember going on prison bus to Newall. What did you actually end up, is you, have you only been in once? I've been in three times. Same offences. So 
in the beginning it was just like shoplifting petty thefts like that and then my last sentence me two i got two and a half years that were for drugs right and even though like because i didn't even fit in in prison because i'd have people saying to me all the time do you know you don't really belong here you what what are you what are you actually doing in prison <laughs> So in my head, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've just <laughs> done this, this and this, and you're telling I, me I, I don't belong here. I would have been walking around like Conor McGregor when you go, to our fitting here, just fine, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously, like, when you go to a place like that, you've got to act as if, and, and I think when you're out there in, in that drug world, you've got to have, you've got to have this facade, you've got to act as if that you're this person you're not, you know, yeah. so you don't get taken advantage of. Um, so I did my time in there. Each time I, I were in there, it were like, all right, I'll get out, and that's it. My life's gonna be amazing. I'm never gonna do that again. But I never got what people don't understand is, like addiction. It's not just about putting down the drugs. It's it's a disease of your mind, you know. Yeah. And that is why I continue to do recovery because if I don't, that that disease in my mind slowly starts creeping back and it can be little things like even like having a shopping addiction so i might not go out you know and be on a crack pipe straight away but i'll start spending loads of money online that yeah I've got. do you know what i mean and i think if you've got an addictive personality you've always got an addictive personality yeah so my, sure. bro- my brother-in-law had an addictive personality he passed away he, he committed suicide but if he wasn't drinking, he was smoking. Mm. If he wasn't smoking, he was drinking. If he didn't have both of them, it was scratch cards. Yeah. It was, it, it, he always had something that you had to like, grasp onto. Mm. Okay, yeah. come home one day with a boat. <laughs> you can do a boat. Do you, get, do you know what I mean? No, it was just like, because yeah. he had it, and then it was spending money on fixing the boat. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And then when he didn't have the money for the mm. boat, he had enough to buy scratch cards. If he didn't have the money, yeah. but I'll get a beer now. So he'd do like up and down. He'd go in, yeah. stop drinking for six months. And you could just tell that he'd been drinking again. Yeah. Like crap at stashing them, like see empty cans everywhere. It's just like, just say you're drinking again. <laughs> well, I remember stashing <coughs> my cigs when I, were, when I were a kid, when I lived at my mum's, you know, and I started smoking. I used to stash them under water, take drawers out, and I thought I were right clever at stashing <laughs> it under wardrobe. Shared a bedroom with my sister, <laughs> you know, and she were like straight as a die then. And um, she used to grass on me, and I'm like, hey, how did she find them cigs? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you've probably put them there in front of her, you know. Not yeah. Yeah. You know she's got my back. World dumbest criminal. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, so that went on for for quite a while, and my last sentence, I was twenty five, so I'm forty two now. Um, so my last sentence was then, and I thought to myself, you know, I need to, I need to do something about this. I need to change my life, you know. And I remember going to this um, like day centre. And at first, they were only going because they were giving free haircuts. <laughs> and you got free food. <laughs> you know. It worked, though. <laughs> and I'd just go and just pig out on all this food. Um, because, you know, addiction took me to a place where I was that, that person that you saw on the street corner begging for money. I was that person who you'd see, you know, scooting in a bin for tab ends and, and food and stuff, you know. It, it took me to that point. Um so I'm taking it your mum had nothing to do with no, you when this was going on like that. I don't want nothing to do with you now. No. When I when I got to um twenty one and and I were up in court and I ended up going to prison, at that point she were like, 
that, that is done. it. I've had enough. And, I, you know, I blamed her for many years, but, you know, she tells me now it's because she were afraid of that phone call. She were afraid of that call to say either that I were locked up again or that something fatal had happened, you know, and I, and I can totally understand that because I've got kids myself now. And yeah, I so you can... I can relate to that, Yeah, you know. Was that... Do, sorry, it intrigues me. <laughs> Ask away. Uh, obviously, I... I I don't know any women that went to prison. I know, I, I know a lot of men, <laughs> obviously. But was obviously men's prisons, there's still mm. drugs in the prison. Yeah. Did you go clean while you was in prison? Or was it a hard task because it was there? Well. Dude, I'm telling you now, <laughs> there's still, there's still drugs like, in women's prisons. Yeah, yeah, but it's <laughs> whether... No, because I know some people... But if mm. she didn't fit in, you wouldn't I'll have be proud it. being able to give it, get it and stuff like that. Mm. So. I, s- I would say, like, yeah, it's available... You know, and you take whatever. So, for instance, you go to meds counter. You've done your, you've done your detox, and then they'll start throwing like antidepressants at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh methadone, they get you yeah. off that quick. Do they? Start throwing tablets at you. Anti- oh yeah, I'm feeling better. You get these tablets, and obviously, it's you know, that then becomes <laughs> just that then becomes a bargain bargaining chip because with that tablet, you could it could be a paracetamol. You could tell somebody it's a sleeping tablet. You know, and and you know, they they have got some back if you, yeah, yeah. That, and that's how it kind of works. And mm. you know, I remember trying to snort bloody sleeping tablets, thinking I were going to get a buzz. And to be honest, I just felt like I were on amphetamine. It were mental, I just, <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't get out. So we're in this cell, you know, And um, so yeah, worst I mean, feeling in prison. That's got to be you're like yeah, absolutely like let's go have wired. some. You're in a, yeah, <laughs> Shut door, it's <laughs> lock up. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but then there were some, so so that's like the facade you put on in prison. But then there were some really low times. And I remember like one particular sentence where I got that low and I just wanted to end it, you know. I'd gone through like the self-harming stuff. But, you know, as a lot of people say that, you know, when you self-harm, it's for attention. But for me, as a self-harmer at that time, the pain actually give me pleasure. Yeah, as, but as well, well, educated, it sounds, yeah. So it's you like, know, so it's it, not for attention. Yeah. Like I, I feel better once I've done it. Yeah, it's hard to understand. It's hard to explain. I, we had to do like courses on mm. it, but I could understand it at the end. But it's yeah. like it's the most like crazy. If you're not involved, it does seem weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. crazy how your mind works because yeah. I hadn't seen it before. I used to work like with autism and that, so I didn't. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's very different. So like, first time was a bit like, what do you mean, like? can't be liking it because you you'd see the but i'd also see the panic like oh yeah. like i've gone too far this time yeah and it's a bit like but you've done it like i yeah. like you're telling me you feel better now you don't feel better for it mm. so for me it was a bit strange but once you like read into it more and understand it a bit more and it's different i think for me it was more the like the pain of it it yeah. kind of made me feel better in some weird kind of way i know um, some people say it make, makes them feel alive because yeah. they feel that pain because yeah, they're, they're so yeah. numb from everything mm. they have. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of people say that, you know, addiction comes from having a bad childhood. Now, although I witnessed a lot as a child, you know, at that time it didn't really feel bad to me. But I've also met people in the same, exactly the same as me, but they've had... You know, a 
nothing has gone wrong in the childhood. Literally, they've never witnessed out. They've had everything they wanted. They've gone to decent schools. And they still go down the same path. So that's why I always say it's a disease of your brain. Yeah. Because you know? you, you, like, I'd look at that and go, they're just rebelling. Because yeah. they've been given everything to rebel yeah. They can yeah, do it. They yeah. think get away with it. Mm. But if you look at it from the point of like, it is, it is your brain. Yeah. Your, your brain is so immense. That just not wired up right. <laughs> no, no, because it, it's just like, I, I've got bipolar. So yeah. for me, like, I can go like nine, ten months feeling cushed here. Mm. But when I'm high, I don't think I'm high. Yeah. I think I'm invincible. Yeah. Honestly, I think I could, I reckon I could jump on a car and stop it. <laughs> I mean, like that's how my mind goes. So it's not even the depression side for yeah. me that they're worried about. It's the fact that mm. I think I can do anything. Yeah. But then all you see on social media is you can do anything you want. Mm. So like if I'm in that state of bipolar mind, I'm like, even the internet's telling me I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's mad how your brain works. And then I can come out of it like two months later and be like, mm. sounds cushy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, again. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. Your brain is mad. And then like if you had drugs to it, mm. it your brain it. must have been like all over the place. Yeah. Like, it is. And I think, like, for me, out of, you know, throughout the old time that, that I was using heroin and crack, my mum disowned me, but the only person who used to come looking for me was my little brother, you know. And when I think about him now, we've always been very close, and he used to come looking for me to make sure we're all right. But, but again, I were good at manipulating people, so I'd manipulate him for... I knew when it was his payday, yeah. you know, for his <laughs> money, you know, and... You know, I love him a bit now. It's the other way around. He comes t- to me for stuff and I'm yeah. like, just go away. Just leave me alone now. <laughs> no. I got no money, man. Yeah. I owe you nothing. <laughs> that it. wasn't me. That's different me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he say he quite often says, you know, I've done a few like um events where I've where I've spoken out in front of people and I see him sat there with a tear in his eye and that for me is is the best feeling ever. You know, to see him sat there just just to be proud of me, you know, yeah. for once. Yeah. Somebody's at, well, more than someone, but, you know, for him to be proud. So, you know, it went on for a long time, you know, this this uh, partner that I with ended up getting a long prison sentence. He got five years, you know, so he was going to be in there for at least three years, nine months at least, because he, he wasn't getting out early. He, would, he just, there's just no way that would no. happen. So, you know, I had to then look after myself, you know, and I'd already learned some skills on how to survive out there, so I just I just continued, but it, it spiralled because I didn't have anyone to answer to. I didn't have anyone taking the drugs from me. Yeah. You know, so my habit just went sky high, you know, and and I just jumped into one relationship, into the next one, into the next one, but it wasn't because I had any feeling for them person, people. What it was is I wanted something that they had, so it were money or stuff that I could sell. You know, yeah. and, that, and that's what I did. What can you can you remember your most expensive day? Oh. Probably not where I did that right, but I know what you mean. Yeah, like the most you've the amount you've spent, most you've spent I in could one probably day. Easily spend a thousand pound in a day. Well, easily, where's that a day from? Like where you get <laughs> easily? So obviously committing crime, you know, and then at that time you could get money off at like social really easy. So you could get grants for like furniture and new beds and this and that. So obviously I'm onto that. You know, I'd be up at local phone box ringing from there. Oh, I've, I've got no food this week. You know, yeah. and and you could you could blag them at that time. So you know you'd get these paychecks coming in, 
you know, obviously I were into the crime. I got in another relationship that I were in for like five years and his parents were elderly, you know, and they took me on like a daughter. So if I told them I was poorly or whatever, you know, rattling out, or I need this with no shopping, they'd just hand out the money, left, right and centre. Mm, just go off. You know, and when I think about that now, it hurts because if I if I look at other people doing that now, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Get a grip. But when you're actually in that... You're not saying that you're doing wrong? No. In a no, sense? No. no. As long as I'm happy, that's what it were about. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a selfish illness, you know? You get that bag at the end, lock at the end of yeah. it. So if I can mm-hmm. just get through this like, conversation for 10 minutes, I yeah. know I'm off somewhere to go get the stuff, yeah. You know, I had debts run up all over with all local drug dealers, you know, because I'd cried partail, I was good at manipulating, it were a skill that I was good at. Um, and it and I survived on the streets with that skill, you know. So I'd run up all these debts, and I'd have to move out of that area because then they'd want the money back, you know. And that went on for many years. And and there were one um, drug worker that had some faith in me, you know. I remember going to this daycare, eating all free food and stuff, trying to engage with them, but I wasn't ready. I just was not ready, you know. I met my husband there, but he'd already got a few years clean. And um, I was still wanting to be out there doing doing whatever. And he, and I remember him saying to me, it used to kill him, the fact that he couldn't, he couldn't save me. There's nothing he could do, you know. We never got together at that point. He wanted to. Tried a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he was too straight for me, you know. I, 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 I still wanted the wildlife, you know, so I wanted to continue with that. And... Um, I went to this Christian detox and I went there thinking, oh, it's going to be great. There'll be right nice people, you know, I'm going to get fed and all this. My life's going to change. So they took me to Nottingham, miles away. I've told this fella's parents that I were going to college, that I were going to study, not that I were going to come off of heroin and crack and God knows what else I were taking. Um, gets there and I lasted one night. I got there, they says, right, you can't drink coffee, you can't smoke, you certainly can't take your drugs, and you can't drink alcohol. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? You've got to get up at four o'clock every morning and study Bible. Right, okay, let me out. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, I, I, even even if I was, uh, weren't on drugs, I still wouldn't stay there. No, I You've not sold it to me, if I'm no. quite honest. I'm like, no, I'm off, man, I'm not getting up at four. I mean, a lot of people went through that programme and it worked for them but I was not I was not that type of person it would work for. So I said if you want if you don't let me out I'm getting out of your windows. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm going. So then I rung this poor um guy's dad, old guy, and I'm like, um they've cancelled co- <laughs> college course and I was absolutely rattling my back off. I was withdrawing so badly. And he came all the way to Nottingham like three hour journey or whatever it is to pick me up to take me back home before we even got back home I've already blagged the money out of him as soon as I've got back home I were back on that cycle and that went on for a long time um and then when I was 30 I went in um I got funding to go into a detox um and to be honest I think I were broken at that point you know I were eight stone wet through Nowhere to go. Couldn't go in my own town. Couldn't go in any shops. 
nobody wanted to know me. I was just not a member of society anymore. You know, I was just I was just lost completely. And I think if I want if I didn't get that funding at that time, I don't think I'd be sat here today. I think that would have been game over for me. But still on the morning before I went in this detox, I took as much as I could. <laughs> Uh, I thought, right, this is going to be my last time now. That's it. It's I'm me dieting now. <laughs> <laughs> if I start dieting, watch me eat <laughs> five Big Macs cakes. and two double yeah. cheeseburgers. Some sausage rolls. <laughs> and some sausage rolls. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. I went there. Um, and that were on 9th of December 2010. And I remember that day. And we pulled up at this private clinic. Again, I didn't fit in because the waiting room... There were all women in there that were going in for plastic surgery and stuff, you know. And this woman turns around to me and said, "Oh, you're right, love. Um, what What are you here for? Uh, I've come to do a drug detox. <laughs> An absolute mess, you know. What I mean, <laughs> and I just saw a look on her face like, She's like I'm here to get my lips done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we are, gets chipped into this room, you know. And initially, I were only supposed to stay a couple of weeks, but they extended it because. I'd literally hit rock bottom. Um, I remember it were a cold winter then, and it were like minus 25. And I remember sitting outside, because I couldn't sleep, climbing walls, like, for days and days on end. It had been snowing. It were it were proper winter. And just sat there smoking a cig after a cig after a cig, thinking, how, how has my life come to this? You know, because I always believed that that's what my life was meant to be. I never realised that I could actually change, you know. So I did that and I ended up staying in for that Christmas and I got out just after Christmas on the 29th of December. Um, they put me on these, like, tablets what blocks any feeling from opiate, like Subitex. Yeah. So I took it for one day and then I thought, Do you know what, if I need a net, a mask, to stop me from taking drugs, then I'm not ready. I'm not ready, yeah, and that's my it, opinion. Then you're going to make think. So if time, like I've t- not took my tablet. Oh, this is why I want it then. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah you're just yeah. replacing something with something else. Yeah. It's not fixing the problem. Yeah. It's like smoking to vaping, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's mm. not fixing it. It's you, just masking it. People probably vape more now than yeah. they smoke. Mm. So then then what I did is, when, when I got out of there, um, I'd already got some awareness of, like, uh, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, everybody knows about these these groups. Um, so New Year's Eve, I was sat in a meeting and there were just three of us in the room and I'm sat there thinking, how's this going to work for me? You know, these people are addicts like me, but how is it going to help me? You know, and, and when I look now, the reason why it helps me and it still continues to help me today and I help others is because they get me, they understand how my mind works. So if I share something that's completely out there, they're not going to think, oh, that's just section nerd, you know, she's not quite Yeah, right. they, they know like, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I did that, yeah. <laughs> I you remember that. Really? I get what you mean, though, because I'm guessing, like you're saying, being there, and your, your first thought was, I'm trying to get away from people like this, yeah, so how's yeah. this going to help? Yeah, yeah, I'd be a so bit like, I mean? you're just going to know someone I know, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. can go off. We both thought the same person, were <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Do you find now, since you've been sober, have you had anyone that you owed money from? Yeah, Have so you had like trouble f- from your past catch up with you now? I did in the beginning, yeah. Um, so I went to like a daycare program. So I had to go every single day and it's to get structure and routine back in your life. You know, 
do work on yourself and go to these meetings and then eventually you start going to college and stuff like that. Just learning life skills because them life skills get, went completely out of the window for me. It was feral. I were a wild animal, you know, and I needed to learn how to to be able to address myself. I needed to learn how to shop. I didn't even know how to go shopping and what food I liked, you know, because I just ate whatever were available, whether it were out of a bin or out of a soup kitchen, you know. Yeah. Um, so then when I started going at these meetings, obviously people do come in from your past, you know, and there has been some dodgy encounters where I thought, oh, you know... But I think, you know, everybody's there for a reason. And I think and it's the same reason that I was there. So as long as you keep yourself safe after meeting and get around people that, you know, are working that programme, that are doing well, then you can't go far wrong. You know, they always say, there's always a, a saying that they say, and it's stick with the winners. Yeah. You know, and I used to think, that sounds right cheesy, that. You know, <laughs> stick with the winners. They, they're not like me. They've not used like me. They've not done this like me. But it's not about, like, looking at the differences in how you've used or what you've used or where you've been. For me, when I listen to somebody's story, I listen to the similar things that they talk about, you know, things that I can relate to. Because then I think to myself, well, yeah, they actually do think like me. They might have took a different drug, but the brain's wired up like mine is. Do you you think the... Did you ever feel like... The police helped in any way. Um, <coughs> like whether that be referring you to detox or... Not like at that time. When you've been time. banged up. Oh, it's different now, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, but at I the time, I don't really think do. she'll have seen it as help. Yeah. <laughs> no, at that time, no. I mean, I don't I don't have anything to do with my sister. I haven't seen her since 21 because she's she's in the police force. So obviously, I used to go in cells. <laughs> yeah, my sister works here. <laughs> Can I get you some know, benefits? Can you get my sister, please? I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> I want a, I want a first class room. This is not first class. So as you can imagine, you know, I were I were very very well liked by her at that at that time. So, but there were a lot of other stuff that went on, um, which it's not really my place to share about. But I've not seen her since since I was twenty, and. To be honest, I don't really miss her. It sounds harsh, that, but there's a lot of other stuff that went on why she can just stay where she is, to be honest. Yeah, I like how you are. The police, I think now, yeah, there's a lot more services involved and they know where to signpost people. But years ago, they weren't really that. It were like, well, we'll put you on a curfew. We'll send you a probation, go to this appointment three times a week, you know, do a bit of therapy, we'll we'll talk to you about your problems. But I also I also think that police don't like to admit, but they're very judgy people. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. uh it's, it's probably not gonna be the best scenario, but it's the only one I can think of right now. But you know, like with prostitutes. Yeah. Like don't go looking for them if they're missing. Mm. Well, if they if if they are what they say you are, mm. you know where they're gonna be. Yeah, so at least yeah. just go there and say yeah. to the mum, she is where she is. Yeah, she's all right. She's she's, she's fine. Do you know what I mean? But it's like they don't even bother. No. And then when and when something like bloody Yorkshire Rip happens, well then then they care. Then mm. then it's because it looks better for them mm. that yeah. they've caught this guy. Yeah. And I think it's the same with like drug addicts. Mm. Oh great shoplifter, they're on drugs. Yeah, but mm. ask why they're on yeah. drug. Like yeah. Why? 
I think might be well, their first offence. Yeah. Like, why have you done it? I think as well, like they'll they'll say, oh, you need to go to these appointments three times a week. You're going to be doing this for like what next two three months. But then after that time, then you've done. Then your, what do you do? Yeah. You know, you're still left with this. And um, so fast forward a bit more. It's suggested in these meetings that you go to, like to do work on yourself. But first two years. Do work on yourself, really intense, you know, look look at how you behave like that, what you can do differently and stuff. Don't get into a relationship, right, <laughs> and stick with the winners. So I managed to stick around people that were doing all right. You know, I managed to do a bit of work on myself, but the relationship stuff, you know, my husband came back into my life again and I'd missed him first time because I was still out there being, being a wildcat. So this time I'm like, well, I ain't waiting two years. No, I'm not waiting two years. (laughs) So we ended up um, getting together. And and it's kind of a bit frowned upon because you've not really done that work on yourself. So you're kind of bringing a problem into, you know, a relationship. But he used to be... Yeah. So he's clean as well. Yeah. So you'd think that would be a a good way to... I don't know if he's like 16 or 17 years now. I can't. Maybe shouldn't that be what? In that like, around so the yeah, winner. Like, so you're around the winner then, isn't you? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like I've done that. it. I feel like it's fine. Don't yeah, worry about what I said. It is hard work because, like, I'm trying to do work on myself. He can see straight through me because he's like me. Yeah. So that's I can't manipulate this. That's person. good. That's then. That's, that's, that's that's good yeah. for what your scenario was. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really like bullshit so, him in a sense. Yeah, like, I can't. He can see straight through it. Yeah. You know, and and addictively, you know, I wanted children because I'd. You know, I'd not had any of that stuff. Not had a home, not had kids, not had husband and all that stuff. So then when it's come into my life and I'm like, you know, I quite like this, you know, I'm, I want more of this stuff. Obviously, I kept, like, staying clean. But then, you know, I started to have kids. And, and today I've got three beautiful children. You know, I've got two boys and a little girl. And it really chokes me up that because when I think about when I were out there and there were people out there that had kids in addiction... Yeah. I could never imagine, ever imagine, like, my kids going through any of that stuff, you know. And they don't. They don't know anything. No. They don't. You know, if I say to my kids I'm off to a meeting, they don't know what the meeting is. They're just like, are you off to a meeting again, Mummy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you'd be able to tell if, say, one of them was going down the wrong path? Yeah, I'd have to. Because they're obviously with... You and your partner. Yeah. One of you would see it. something, I'd imagine. Yeah. Oh, you lot, you're in trouble, yeah. man. You're not going to be able to smoke a fag. <laughs> you're going to get caught out so quick. Well, I'm, well, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really, like, really soft with my kids, and I think I overcompensate yeah. with that. Whereas my husband, he's like the strict one. So if he says jump, they say how high, and that's yeah. it. There's no, yeah. there's no back chat, there's no nothing. I don't think you'd be lenient, though. I think if you saw them going down... Yeah, I'd play, yeah, I'd be like enough yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, you it's do. You do need that strict role, yeah. though. Yeah, and that comforting yeah. role yeah, as well. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. And then obviously, I got married. You know, that is a miracle in itself because I've come from like being a homeless junker, crackhead, to you know, getting married, having three kids, having my own home. You know, actually having my own home. Yeah. 
you know, paying my bills. I didn't know how to pay a bill. My idea of paying for electric were wiring it up so I could get it for free. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know, I didn't care that I didn't know could what I was doing. Now. <laughs> yeah, true. I could have yeah, blown Bradford up for yeah. you know? Let me stick that in there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all right. Yeah, as long as I've got some light on the situation, it'll be fine. And um, so that were it. And then I had to then get into employment. You know, because whenever I tried to get jobs before, I never lasted because I had an habit. And all I did was, you know, I still steal from them. <laughs> yeah, whatever I'll take they that have, with me and all. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Um, so I started off, I actually started off my career in healthcare, working with the elderly, you know. And I had to, I remember having to sit on a committee, a board, and explain my past because obviously the DBS comes and yeah. like, <laughs> Many answers. Got a long list. <laughs> Any answers a few to tell. stuff on there. So I had to explain myself and like why I'd been there and why I think I I'm trustworthy to have a job, looking yeah. after people, you know, vulnerable people that have got loads of medication, which I would have loved all that medication, mm, yeah. you know, back in day. And um, I got the job, you know, for the first time I were actually employable. First time I remember a society again. That's good though because. Yeah. Like, if it, I think if it was me, I don't think I would have given you a job. Mm. Like, I worked in care, so I think for me, yeah. I probably would have judged you off your thing and been like, no, yeah. it's not worth the risk, man. I guess it's different. But not worth the risk for yourself either. Like, yeah, am I putting yeah. you into temptation? Though? Yeah, with the stuff around. Am I putting yeah. you into temptation? Yeah. Where really, there is a simple side to it. I could just say to you, oh, you're not doing meds. Mm. It's just see how you get on for like yeah, eight yeah. months or whatever. Get past probation and we can start looking at you doing meds or whatever. Mm. And if you're fine, then it's fine. So it's good that you got that chance well then they came and they trusted me with a safe key that's see what i mean <laughs> safe key, <laughs> like yeah because they used to do daycare well i'll take we put all takings in there and i'm like <laughs> wait a minute have you just remembered what what have what you did you, you read what <laughs> <laughs> like, are you, you not one of these old people serious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's good though that someone give you because that's yeah, yeah. for you that must have been a massive boost like wait a second yeah. someone actually trust me here yeah and it's something to prove like i'm going to prove yeah. to you i can be trusted here mm. So is that Some people it? just need to be cut a break. I if do they're ready. That, yeah, that's mm. a, that's yeah it's known when they're ready, though. Yeah. 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 So I did all that, and I did that for like eight years. Worked my way up to management, you know. Had a staff team underneath me. Studied. Hated it. Hated studying. And I just knew, like, because obviously I was having my kids during this time, I just knew that that wasn't for me. As much as I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a long job. When I yeah, when I kind of worked my way up the ladder, I got to that point, and then it became less about caring for people, and it were about ticking boxes and going to council meetings. And and I was like, yeah, no, writing safeguarding reports, and and I was like, no, statistics, and I'm. That's a long day. Just describing my mum's job. Safeguarding (laughs) reports. (laughs) My mum's a care manager. Yeah, Yeah, safeguarding reports are a long day. Risk assessments, long day. Yeah. Just staring at words and all of it's repetitive. Care yeah. plans. Yeah, like it's repetitive <laughs> though. <another> one. <laughs> it's repetitive. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Trip we're hazards. changing the yes. way that we do it now, um, Kelly. We, we've we've brought a new form out. No, great. Oh, is that instead of the other form? No, yeah. it's an additional it's form. One. Yeah. What? <laughs> there's forty four pieces. <laughs> there's forty three pages on how not to trip over a rug. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, that's it. Make sure you write, read it, and sign <laughs> it. Smash it, mate. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. It, but they do do that in care. It's far too much oh, paperwork. I mean, it's too much paperwork for the job that someone's doing. Mm. Like, yeah. let me just do my job. Yeah. Like, something goes wrong, warn me or whatever. But mm. common sense would say, 
I shouldn't stick my foot under a rug and throw myself across the room. Common sense like, ain't common yeah. these days. I used to pinch myself because, you know, I'd go see little old Enid, do a care plan and, oh, isn't she a lovely girl? And I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, dude, I would have robbed you about 10 years ago. I felt, I felt like I didn't, didn't belong there. Yeah. As much as I'd earned, earned it and worked hard to get to there, I still had that, well, I don't actually fit in here. I, don't, I just don't belong. So then you just become your own boss now, I so, believe. Yeah. Well, yeah, I set up my own business. So whilst I was working full time, I had three kids. So I had, so my kids are like, I had one after another after another. So I was pregnant for like three years. Yes, yeah. Because I wanted a girl. My sister was the same. She just, just did it all in one time. Yeah. So I had all these babies at home and trying to do like a care, care manager's job. Yes. And setting up a business. So I did that. So I worked lots of hours, um, got a few staff in to, to take over a lot of the cleaning work that were coming in just so I could continue with my paid job because I thought, I can't leave that job yet. Just so you know, she owns oh. her own cleaning company. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> just not, she's not just got random people cleaning up care homes everywhere. <laughs> no, she, she, she runs her own cleaning company. Yeah, so I've got, I set up my cleaning company and it started off just by, you know, cleaning houses there and everywhere, you know. Um, and then slowly it started to build up. I got asked one weekend, oh, can you help us out with these Airbnb apartments? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go, a bit of extra money, you know. And then before I knew it, you know, I was getting put in contact with people left, right and centre. You know, my business is, is very successful. You know, I've got a staff team. I employ people. Would you, you know. say your past has helped you to run a business? Because of knowing how to like, no, negotiate. That's the one. Deals. Yeah, yeah. Like to the way yeah. you would do it. Look, business is business. Business still people know. Yeah. Service, so you yeah. you still got to give the service, but negotiating a deal is sometimes the hardest thing for people. It is. It's like no, what to say? With the money. No, no, of course they know. They want it for free. I mean, you know how to do it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I had to I had to learn that stuff, but I'm still I've still got a soft side as well. Yeah. So if I'm not careful, and it's usually my husband that kicks me ass, and he'll say, "Get mugged off." Don't here. let him uh, speak yeah. to you like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You you worth you know make him pay pay your worth, and yeah. he's and he's told me for years, and he still does. You know, I've got to give him some credit, aren't I? <laughs> you know, he does he does push me, and he does tell me I'm worthy. You know, and that never to let anyone push push you away, never to let anyone stand stand on you, anything like that, you know. And he's there by my side all the time because he's the complete opposite to me, so he's a very direct person. Yeah. Where I literally hide behind a chair if he's talking to someone and they say something out. He just says it, how it is. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Considering, like, you probably wouldn't have been like that years ago. No, you no, would have been out, outright like, completely. "Hey, mate, yeah, what are you doing? That's <laughs> what mine. you got in there? <laughs> <laughs> mine. <laughs> yeah, can I take that from you? <laughs> yeah, that looked mad, you know. That uh, I pretty much just looked at your dick. That's all right. I was like, <laughs> "What you got in there? Give me it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it, by the way. <laughs> you might have to get that out. <laughs> yeah. But so, do you have you? Do you plan to carry on doing things like this or 
like yeah. get your story out, just carry on doing it. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, because I have a mentor that you know, it it's always said if somebody asks you to share your story, never say no, because for me it was somebody else's story that gave me hope, you know, yeah. and 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 belief that I could change my life. Is it? I, I know, like what. I don't know what the, the situation is. Obviously, with your sister, but it's crazy that you don't talk now mm. because the two of you together <coughs> would have been able to do. She will obviously know people high yeah. up. I imagine in the police force, so like conferences, mm. you could have been you could have been you attending it. Does she know that you've gone clean? By the way, yeah. Is it I like does she actually, you actually you've like I have tried follow each and, other from a distance? She's like, I'm thing. not interested. I've got a new life, you know. She's married to somebody who's way up there in forces, oh, and, okay, and yeah. to her, you know, because my mum did stick by me for a little bit, yeah. and obviously my brother has always stuck by me. So to her, she couldn't understand why you would do that, you know, because she's this. Prim and Good proper, citizen. yeah, prim and proper. Yeah, right. Can, you know yeah. I won't say too much. I won't say too much about that. <laughs> you might not have a job in the Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, I can imagine yeah. it. They would, it would have really, in the real, like in a futuristic world, it, that would have yeah. been a good idea. If, if that's something you both wanted, it would have been yeah. a good thing to push onto people, Yeah, obviously. Um, do, you, do you ever want to go to like prisons and speak to like... The girls in the prison. So I have done. Like, oh, you have, yeah. So I've done, I've gone into the prison and done like a meeting in there. Obviously shared my story. What services are available when you come out? You know, you can change your life. I would just think the same boat as you. I remember one time I went and I saw, I say a prison officer now, but back then obviously there were screws. Yeah. A prison <laughs> officer. Nah, we'll stick with screws. And he I'm started right crying <laughs> and he went, is it Kelly? And I went, yeah. He went, do you not remember? And I went, no. So apparently one night I, when I were in my low points and I wanted to end my life, he actually sat in my cell all night so I didn't take my own life. You know, and so to see me come back... Just lovely ...completely for him, yeah. different yeah. person, because that doesn't happen often. Probably very rare for him to ever see that. It's yeah. probably, he'll probably never see that. No. Where it's come face <laughs> to face back in his work yeah. setting where yeah. you're... You're yeah. sorted in his head, basically. So, you know, I've, I just thanked him because I don't remember that and probably because I took that many tablets and, and drugs that I, w- I just don't remember it. Yeah. Just it's can't nice. recall it. It's nice for him, though, because it shows that actually showing them prisoners' support yeah. can actually work. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Look, that specific might not, might, might not have helped at that second. Yeah. Mm. But you might not even realise it helped. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. like you might not have walked, realized that, oh God, I actually felt quite cared for that night. Yeah. Like now you do. Now mm. he's probably told you about it, mm. but that night you might not have. But somewhere in the back of your head, you're going, no, actually, no, he did care about me, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not going to throw anything at him today. Yeah. Do you get me? Oh, yeah. You know I mean? yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, if I went to prison, as long as they was nice to me, I'd be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> if they weren't nice to me, I wouldn't be nice to them, type of thing. I think most of them are, but then obviously they've got a bunch of keys, haven't they? And at the end of the day, half of them bullied as well as kids. I'm just, yeah, yeah like, yeah. yeah. They've got something stuck up their arse. Yeah, but you've got to think half at prisons are also all there just trying to manipulate them. I know, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be in on it, me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't understand. This is one thing I could never understand why really pretty 
women police officers want to work in a man's prison. Of course they do. Right? <laughs> I'm straight, I'm telling you now. And if I was straight, around, I'd be on it. <laughs> and then other way around, and I'm thinking, yeah. why would you want to do that? There's obviously another, like, boy. Bad boys. <laughs> Everyone loves a bad yeah, boy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. so, let me tell you, there's probably about 80% of that prison that are not good-looking bad boys. Yeah, I'm not straight line, but I guarantee <laughs> you, it'd be one every other cell that's probably half decent looking. <laughs> yeah, some of the women are pretty scary, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could imagine. Yeah, they've, they've literally been there all their life, more or less. They reckon <laughs> some women's prisons are worse than men's, mm. like for aggression and stuff. Yeah, I'd imagine. Because yeah. everyone probably everyone probably like synchronizes, so like it's yeah. loads of hostile. Like yeah. one time a month, everyone's going to be hyped. You just asked me to close my ears for that. Well, yeah, do you know? Be respectful, you know. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was trying. Yeah, so I've done that. I've gone back in, you know, shared my story, given hope, message of hope, and that's all I can do, you know, that you can change your life. You know, I sit here now, I've just celebrated 12 years clean, you know, and and for me, that that's an absolute miracle. I don't think you, you know. can ask for much more, though, could you? Yeah. Really? Like I mean, I have... You know, I've got a belief, you know, I believe in a God because I've got to believe in something greater than me because I'm not, I'm not God. And every time I walk around thinking I know it all and that I'm, you know, Mr. Mighty, that I just, I just fall. So I've got to have something, you know, greater than me, whether it be somebody doing well so or... What, yeah, so, what to focus so what, she's got something to focus on because now Kelly's doing boxing. Oh, yes. She's doing a charity boxing match now. So then the next journey. Yeah, I know. Is it <laughs> Emma Taylor got a grip of me. <laughs> what's what's going to be your fight name? Silent Storm. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know where that. Like with Facebook, you know, when it when it no, actually see, do, I see, see this your is, name and song and that. This is me, right? So this would be me. My pure banter would be Lisa the Crackjack. <laughs> I'd just be like, <laughs> I'd bust out old school me. I'd go for me. Yeah. I'd want to bring the banter side you need of it. To go, you need to do it again. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> not doing it again. Go You're excited for it, though. I'm excited. excited. And, and for me, I think, like, I, will watch, I watched Emma's journey, Taylor Made Fitness. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I can't recommend her enough. She's not only like. You go to fitness sections I, as well, yeah. don't you, with Emma? Somebody that I, you know, look up to. But Emma is a person, you know, she's so caring, she's so humble and she's just taken my, my life to another level. I came I came to Emma, you know, almost a size eighteen. Oh massive. My me ass like a bus. I couldn't <laughs> breathe. I couldn't even do a sit up. And there's Emma all bubbly, yeah, come on, love, come in, you know, like she does and and she said, right, I'm just going to assess you. Don't worry about it. Just don't forget to breathe. <laughs> and I'm like, <gasps> couldn't even <laughs> run, couldn't do anything, you know. Um, and I think it frightened me because I thought, I'm not going to be able to see my kids grow up. I'm not going to be able to play yeah. football. I'm not going to be able to do all this stuff. I've just become, I've gone from being eight stone. a skinny cracker. To eight, 18 stone. <laughs> yeah, like an extreme. Yeah. And I just, I just, I ate more than my husband. And my husband's like over six foot. And he's quite, you know, meaty. Yeah. And my portion size were bigger than his. And I'd be going in for seconds. I was huge. So goes to Emma and she was like, don't worry, don't, don't worry, it'll be all right. And then I began to do her sessions. 
And at that point, I'm thinking, she's going to kill me. <laughs> take take me back 20 years. Everything I've been through, this woman's trying to ruin my life. <laughs> yeah. But I stuck with it. I started last May. Yeah. And I've lost three stone. Um, and my life's just transformed. Mentally, I feel better. It helped me massively. Physically, I feel amazing. Not quite where I need to be, but I'm getting there. And then, obviously, the white collar stuff came up. Yeah, you might uh, you might end up addicted to this though. I am gonna say. Well, yeah, I have started exercising. Yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's weird. Like I'm not doing it again. I'm just saying, but it's a crazy buzz by mm. night. Like yourself going in, and it's done in a second. Yeah, it's over and done with. Not, I weren't that great, but it, it was <laughs> done in a second. Yeah. Like anyway, it probably was. It's obviously a lot longer than what I thought, but I mm. felt like it only gone on like a minute, and that was it. It's just like it's a big crowd. It's like hyped. I come out to Gangsters Paradise. Yeah, and fuck oh, did life. You? Yeah, Classic. <laughs> yeah, fuck life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> uh, but I loved it. Mm. I'm gonna do it again. I can't be bothered. I still think you should. I know. I, I feel like it's gonna end up me doing this again. By the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I probably we will. Should. I probably well, will. Have you chosen a charity then for your? I have. So it's yeah? Marie Curie. Um, in memory of one of my friends, Angela, um, she passed away of breast cancer. She was only 50. Um, and it was sad to go through that with her. And I just think the, the care that she got from the Marie Curie, the, you know, the hospice she went in, they're just out of this world. They get a lot of praise, they're Marie Curie, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they're, they're not. Because uh, there's two, isn't there? It's Marie Curie and... Macmillan. Macmillan, that's yeah. like yeah. well-known. They're, they're yeah. probably like two most well-known ones, yeah. aren't they, I think? So I've chosen that charity, um, obviously I've been doing all the training and stuff, and I've been told I've got to find some aggression. And I'm like, I need to try and get this aggression that I had all these years ago and, and bring it to now, but I think because I've done so much work on myself <laughs> and I've changed so much as a person, I don't know where I'm going to get it from. I, I would say... <laughs> I might change after the first punch. <laughs> yeah, but I would well, also yeah. say I wasn't aggressive in sparring. Mm. Well, you know, you've been told. I didn't. <laughs> I did roly polies on the mats, pretend I got knocked out by Muhammad Ali, and then just run around in circles to wind everyone up. Yeah. As soon as someone punches you, trust me, aggression's going to come. Yeah. Or it better come. <laughs> it can't come for me. I, I got hit twice, I think, the whole night, and it, it was the last time I got hit. Yeah. It'll come. Mm. I think it'll come. And you'll have, you've, you're clearly a fighter anyway. Mm. Yeah. So something will come out of you that night. Yeah, I yeah. think enjoy it though, because I think I didn't enjoy the beginning bit. The waiting around did yeah. my head in. I should. I, like, I didn't want to go first, <laughs> but then now I wish I did just go first or second. Got it out of Mine was like seventh or eighth. Mm. So it's a long time in between. Like you're watching people come out, mm. and every time I watch someone come out, someone come out, you dislocate the shoulder. <laughs> Someone's Broken face was bashed up, and you're just watching people <laughs> coming out battered. And I'm like, great. It's me next. I know I'm watching Sam in the corner doing like press ups and stuff, and I'm oh sat God. there like eating a sausage roll and <laughs> pasta. I smoke for about 25 fags, I swear, off a balcony outside of the hotel, just like smoking the whole time. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered. But I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Embrace it. I think it's a challenge, you know, that. You know, I'm going to do just like everything else. You know, I've survived, I've survived a lot in my life, and. Um, yeah, and just, my husband didn't want to do with it at first. He says, why? Why do you want to do that? He says, you're a mother of three kids. He says, you're 42, 
He said, and you're going to go in there. He said, you ain't got no aggression anymore. You're going to go in there. And he said, somebody's going to work you. I'll be all right. What <laughs> happened? And then we started sparring, didn't we? And I'm like, mm, this is getting a bit real. Have you ever been knocked out clean, like, clean cut? No. You'll be fine then? No. Because let me tell you, ain't nobody getting in that ring that if you've been through domestic violence and stuff. Yeah. You have been, I'm presuming. Yeah. I'm presuming you got hit in the face a lot. I protect my face a lot when I'm sparring. But it's what I'm saying. Mm. You've probably got a weird inside defence mechanism better than anyone else that's going to get yeah, in that ring with you. Yeah. Oh, so no matter how hard you've been punched, you've been punched harder before. Yeah. You're fighting no, that, women, like for you. So. I hope, I hope uh, your theory is right. You'll, you'll be <laughs> more... They'll be, we're going to watch it. They'll be more... Yeah, we'll come, uh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're filming yeah, the we're event. Coming. We're doing Ooh. a live filming. So That's we're going to film it and then get interviews with everyone after. Yeah. Or Lee's going to get interviews with everyone after. Okay, make sure you get me good side though. We have to wear suits. <laughs> we have to wear suits. Yeah. We have to look professional. We're going to do it live. So That's I think we'll do it live on YouTube, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. So be be thingy. Um, so everyone will know what the answer was. If not, we'll edit it and we'll swap the shirts round and yeah. just say you won anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. So but yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it and then obviously you know just continue my journey with Emma. You know she's not only my my PT but she's become my friend. Yeah. You know somebody who I can trust, somebody who I can talk to, and she's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, she's they, they trust mental. me. They met her last week. They know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, you got anything else? Is there anything? Do you want? Do you want to actually tell everyone what your business is? By the way, because oh, you right, might as yeah. well use it as a promote. <laughs> yeah. as well, promote your business. So my cleaning business is Clean Right Property Services Limited. Where can they find you? So they can find me on Google. They, obviously, I'm I'm a limited company, so I'm all over HMRC. They love me. Yeah, seen <laughs> <laughs> you before. Yeah. So I do come up in in the search engine. Okay, um, cool. And we do. I do a lot. I do domestic, commercial, and Airbnb hotels. Do you do carpet um, cleaning? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, my husband does that bit because I don't like lifting machine. Okay. <laughs> I've got a bit lazy now. We, we might need. A, we, we need our carpet cleaned. My brother, mate. Drunk muddy shoes everywhere. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we need our carpet cleaned. <laughs> so I have to speak <laughs> to you after this. <laughs> um, yeah, so go check. Are you on Facebook as well? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. So, yeah, you're yeah. yeah. on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll be able yeah. to find it all over socials. Uh, obviously, is it easier to book through your website you itself? You can just go through me. So my website is cleanright.com, but it's spelled K L E E N W R I G H T. We'll tag it all. Yeah. It'll be in the yeah. description anyway. So if anyone wants to go check it out. Have you got any other like podcasts or videos out there anywhere? No. Okay, so we're the only one. No, you're the first. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to find out (laughs) Kelly's story, you can only watch it here. So yeah, unlucky. You You have to put part with us too as well. Keep tuned to watch a fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, watch a fight. Um, not long now. March isn't it? Tenth is it? March sixty eleventh. I hope you've got the date in your diary if you're filming it. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'm sure it was 10th. You might turn up to a wedding oh, is it, no, instead. It's 11th. Is it 11th? 11th, yeah. I thought it was 16th, so I'm well. I thought it was 10th. Or closer, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, you're closer. <laughs> we'll be there on the 10th. I'm sure. We'll see you on the 11th. Yeah, the night before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Emma said 10th. Emma might have said 10th, you know. Oh, it's 11th. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's a great right, so I hope <laughs> I've got right there. Right, just so we're definitely the 11th. We'll it's in March. post out anyway. <laughs> You'll know, because we'll do post before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I thought, honestly, I think you should be super proud. 
Mm. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, honestly. I think as well. It, and your husband. Yeah, your husband, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. We should have brought him <laughs> on as well, you yeah. know. Should have had both of you. But please like and share this, because obviously if this could get to anyone, uh, it could end up helping. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's drug addicts sit and watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, they won't have a phone. <laughs> cash converters. <laughs> cash converters. Um, but try and spread it to people. Show it to someone if you've got a family member mm. that yeah. needs to hear it. Uh, just have a watch. And thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you very yeah. much. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.